0: Chinese leader Xi Jinping was captured by Canadian broadcasters in a rare candid moment uh, this week, where he was filmed chiding his Canadian counterpart, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, over what he described as leaked. Discussion now. Some critics say they found the language used by Xi uh, during his interaction with Trudeau at the G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia, to be quite dismissive and threatening, indicating that any illusions the government has the uh, has the China respecting Canada and, uh, and views Canada as an influential nation in the world has long disappeared. Joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, this interaction between the Chinese leader and Justin Trudeau is Jeremy Nuttle, who's a Vancouver-based investigative journalist for the Toronto Star. He's also lived and covered issues in China as well. Jeremy, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me
0: again. So your thoughts on this, apparently uh, Xi Jinping felt that uh, there were private conversations between uh, himself and, and Prime Minister Trudeau and they should not have been uh, perhaps discussed in, in newspapers in Canada. They viewed as those discussions were leaked. Um, what do you think of this sort of, uh, this interaction that occurred? Usually these things are well managed and uh, they don't allow this kind of stuff to come out in the public, but in this case it, it did. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think one of the first things to remember is what what part of the discussions were, was about uh, uh, China's uh, interference in Canadian democracy. And uh, for Xi Jinping to uh, have an outburst at, at Justin Trudeau for mentioning that he brought it up, uh, I, I mean, I think that's inappropriate of Xi Jinping. Who's he to say uh, that Trudeau can't tell Canadians that he's uh, brought up uh, election interference uh, in Canada with China's leader? Um, you know, particularly considering that it's uh, Xi Jinping's uh, United Front Work Department that's uh, allegedly behind all this stuff. Uh, so I thought that was the first interesting thing.
0: Yeah, and, and, and in many ways, I mean, the relationship hasn't been very good uh, ever since uh, the two Michaels um, were were uh, basically held in, in China. And, of course, the relationship regarding Meng Xiaowei and Huawei. Uh, but do you think this is something that's going to last? Is, is this something that's sort of the, the new normal now based on what has already come out in the last few weeks uh, with, uh, you know, Chinese firms being asked to disinvest from lithium mines in Canada. You brought up the issue of uh, CSIS's comments in regards to uh, Chinese being involved, the Chinese government being involved uh, in our last federal election. Is this just the new normal now?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is. I I, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily certain that this is the way the Liberal Party wants it because they've been uh, quite happy to try to appease China for a very long time um, because a lot of uh, their sort of circle has uh, investments there and they think that, you know, this is all very good for the Canadian economy, et cetera. Um, but I think that, that the public opinion is clear and it's something that can't necessarily be ignored by the government anymore. Uh, and not just public opinion, but also real-world effects on Canada when you start having them, uh, uh, the Chinese government, interfering in Canadian democracy. Uh, that's at a point where you can't ignore that, um, or at least you can't ignore it and expect not to get massive amounts of public blowback once the uh, you know, once the story gets out. So I think that Canada is going to have to start acting more like uh, some of its allies, like Australia and the United States has, and China's not going to react well to that, so it's probably just going to be more and more of this. Uh,
0: in regards to the specific uh, complaints that have been made or allegations in regards to uh, China being involved, uh, in covertly funding 11 candidates in the 2019 federal election. Um, do you think we'll be learning more in regards to who those candidates were, what kind of money, um, were, you know, potentially could have been used or was used in, in all of this? I mean, uh, or is this one of those things that they, you know we get sort of broad idea of what might be happening, but nobody wants to get into the specifics and certainly nobody gets charged or booted out?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think that that, the Canadian people deserve an explanation on this, um, even if even if there are no charges. Just saying that they investigated it and walking away, uh, I don't think that's enough. I think that when when it comes out that, that this kind of thing uh, could have been happening or is alleged to have happened, that Canadian people are owed an explanation. And I, I would certainly hope that the uh, government and uh, the RCMP, thesis, et cetera, feel the same way and uh, and, and release more information. Um, you know, we now know the name of one person that's a part of the investigation, uh, thanks to, to Sam Cooper over at Global. And we'll see if uh, there's more, more of that information coming out. But it shouldn't just be coming from media, though. I mean, it really should be uh, something that we're hearing about from officials.
0: Yeah, and that's, I guess that's a cultural difference. I'll tell you, if this is the U.S., it would have gotten a lot more attention. And certainly media has mm-hmm. been doing their digging. But, it, you know, ultimately it has to come from an agency that has... Um, you know the full power uh the state power behind it to to do the investigation to 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 lay charges if required and openly talk about some of this and some of the allegations um that that are there um you know, some people have said, look this is how Things work in the real world. We Canadians shouldn't be naive that all countries, in some way, a spy and B, try to uh, influence um, internal times domestic conversations in democracies, and we shouldn't be surprised with what China is doing. Is this a question of where we just try to stop it, or is it a question of trying to manage it?
1: Well, I think it's quite. I think we just it's something we should try to stop. I mean. You know, the the idea, of, and I've heard that argument, too, from people, that, oh, all countries do it. That, uh, well, all countries don't do it to the extent that China does it. No other country ho- hosts uh, low-level politicians every year at a banquet in an attempt to build relationships and influence power. You know, no other country has uh, secret uh, police stations operating in Canada. Uh, you know, it's it, or, or a huge network of, you know, business or community groups that are, are here to do a foreign government's bidding. Um, it's, it's only China that has this level of, of influence operation going. And uh, I, I think, like, you know, the way it works with Xi Jinping, as you know, is if you look the other way, you give, you give him an inch and he takes a mile. And I just think that, you know, the only way that Canada can uh, put a stop to this is to actually try to stop it.
0: Do you think we're supposed to be coming out with a, an Indo-Pacific strategy? supposed to be released in December. Uh, many say this will this will be the document. At least provides guidance on on where the government should be headed our, our worldview, particularly when it comes to trade with Asia, but specifically our dealings with China, because China looms large. Do you think we're going to have a much tougher uh, stance with China moving forward, uh, forward or is it still going to be more more muddled uh, a more muddled yeah. response?
1: Uh, history, I think history shows uh, that it's often just a wet blanket um, uh-huh. when this kind of stuff comes out. Um, with the new, I mean, which, which could be part of the reason that the, the government right now is trying to look so tough on China is maybe they know that it's going to be an underwhelming uh, document once it is out. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm optimistic that there will be anything in here uh, of real consequence at this point. Maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you raise a very good point. I mean, we spent, what, three decades now trying to encourage our our, our political leaders and business leaders of, you know, how many trade missions they've uh, led in Asia, particularly China, thinking that if we keep trading with them, we, we can change China. And I, my, my argument is I think China's changed us, that we've accepted so much of it. It really is now time to do a complete 180 degree turn in our thinking and mindset with China. And We can still trade with them. But certainly we have to be much more forceful uh, in regards to articulating our Values and pushing back, especially if there's meddling in our elections, uh, research uh, that our universities do, all of those things. I think that I think the public is ready for it now.
1: Oh, absolutely! It's, it, it's it's only a a winning a winning strategy from a political standpoint as well. So you have to wonder when when at some point uh, Canadian uh, politicians are going to understand that.
0: Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully, we get something bold in December. Jeremy, thank you for your time today. All right. Thank you, Jeff.